I always tell my team, you know, we need to be like ducks on the pond, right? Like you see these ducks swimming around so peacefully, but underneath the water, what are their little legs doing? They're just kicking a million miles an hour. We need to be the legs while our client is that nice, you know, peaceful duck on the water. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Corey Morris of EXP Realty. Corey's a real estate professional. Hey, Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. Corey, EXP, that's new, buddy. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, as you know, I was with a competitor for uh, quite some time, actually, since the beginning of my real estate career. And, um, you know, after a while, started to think about making a move and what my career would look like. Um, you know, started a team and uh, found a, a platform and found a place that I thought was a good place to, to have my team set up for a while. And uh, we're at EXP now, and we're, we're really loving it. Tell us why. Oh, man, uh, frictionless growth. Uh, frictionless growth is, is what I would say. Um, I have all the support in the world that I need uh, as much as I want. And they're just really concerned with helping me grow uh, both personally and professionally. Other people were too, uh, but at this stage in my career, it just felt like the right place to be. Um, a lot of the business, as we know, uh, moving to online, cloud-based, digital, uh, and I, I play a lot in that space, uh, both with my marketing uh, and my team, the way that we do things, and it just seemed to be a good fit. And it's working out? I think really great. Last year, we had the best year uh, that I've ever had in my career, uh, and I attribute some of that to making the move and some of that to just how you grow. Uh, we all know that it doesn't matter necessarily where you're at. Um, people work with real estate agents, not necessarily real estate companies, mm. uh, but having that support was definitely a, a huge piece of what we did last year. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Let me, how'd you get into the business in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have always enjoyed sales. Uh, sales is kind of where I found my comfort. Uh, and I never found the right place to do that. Uh, I had an interest in homes. Uh, I was working for uh, a copier sales company at one point, and I hated it. I was <laughs> uh, trying to walk into people's offices and sell them $50,000 pieces of machinery that they already had sitting there. That wasn't a great fit for me. I didn't feel like I was adding value to anybody's life um, outside of you know, collecting a paycheck for myself. And so you know, I left that company at one point. I went to go work for my father-in-law at his restaurant while I was kind of in between figuring out what I wanted to do. And uh, in the meantime, I said, you know what, I've always been interested in homes and, and sales. So real estate seems like a good place. I think a lot of people think that when they're getting into real estate. Uh, so I took the class and um, sat and you know, did my 40 hours in, in Massachusetts and I got connected with the first company I, I had ever worked with, um, which is the one I just left. And uh, it's just been a roller coaster ride ever since. So how did you get it going? How did, how, what was like the first day like when you first became a real estate agent? It was so scary. <laughs> it, was, it was very intimidating. I, I, my background is a little uh, interesting. As you know, I, I was in foster care as a kid. I bounced around from home to home. 
uh, starting at around four years old, right up until I was around 14, uh, just in and out of different foster homes, back to my biological home, it, back into foster homes. It was, you know, it was a little bit messy. Um, and so because of that, and because of the way I, I grew up, I didn't have that stable family environment. You know, a lot of people get involved in real estate. They immediately start working with their, their family. Um, you know, cousin Jimmy needs to buy a home. Grandma needs to sell hers. And I didn't really have a lot of that. So when I first got started into the business, uh, one of my mentors said, you have a couple options. You can flame out of the business or you can start picking up the phone uh, and cold calling people. And so I chose to cold call people. And, and at the time, um, I was taught and trained how to call for sale by owners and expired listings. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, expired listings were listed at one point. For whatever reason, they didn't sell. The, the contract with a particular agent ran up and they may want to continue to sell their home. They just maybe it wasn't a good fit with the other agent. And I called them and at some point convinced them to work with me. Um, and that's how I got started in the business. Um, to be honest with you, that's probably the hardest way to get started in real estate, I think, now looking back at it. So for sale by owners and expireds. Hey, this is Corey. I'm here. I know it didn't work out, but I bet I can make magic. Yeah, I mean, that exactly. And while I'm doing that, you know, there's 40 other, 50 other, 60 other real estate agents all doing the same thing. So trying to get that person to make a decision and narrow it down to two or three people that they're going to choose between was really the art and the science of calling on those particular types of clients. So how did that first meeting go when you were down to two or three people and you're sitting down and you're telling them that you're the guy, what are you going to do uniquely different than the next person? Yeah. I remember my first time sitting down with one of, one of these people, uh, I actually sent them an email and they responded. No one, no one ever responded to emails, but they responded and said, yeah, can you come over, you know, Tuesday at six o'clock or something like that. And so I, I literally printed up a booklet, uh, my listing packet, and I sat in front of these people who I didn't know at the time, but were like very highly educated C-level people uh, who lived in, in, in Quincy. And I literally read them my listing presentation like a bedtime story. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I went through all the bullet points and I, I read, like I opened the book in front of them and I just started reading. Um, and at the end, I just turned and looked at them and said, does, that, does all that sound good? And they said, yes, that sounds great. And I didn't know what to do next. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So what does that meeting look like now? That meeting is a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've gained a little bit of knowledge and skills over the last, you know, eight to 10 years or so where now I'm a little bit more prepared. Uh, I know the market a little bit more. I know my business model a little bit more. I know my style a little bit more. Um, and I can walk into those meetings now. And I mean, I'm prepared. I have information. I've done my research and things like that, which doesn't take me nearly as long as it did eight to 10 years ago. Um, but it's more of, it's conversational. It's just, I'm trying to find out what they need. Why didn't it work out? How can I help you? Maybe I can't help you, but why don't we just talk about it and you tell me what you need. And if I can, you know, check off any of those boxes for you, do you think this is, do you think this is something that might work for you? And I think, you know, over the years, my style and presentation have been okay enough that, you know, we've gotten a decent amount of business from it. How about the buyers when you first meet with the buyers? What's that meeting like? Uh, buyers are actually, I think, I think harder. <laughs> I think buyers are a little bit more uh, difficult to work with only because 
uh, the of expectation setting. Uh, most people who are buying, they either haven't done it in 30 years or so, uh, or the market has changed since they've done it, or it's their very first time buying. And so our, our sit down with buyers at this point is, is really just to kind of go over the process and, and get them prepared for what's happening, not only with, you know, you know, A to Z, you know, offer, offer check, home inspection, and running through that whole process with them, but also kind of the emotional journey that they're going to feel while they're doing this and, and telling them that it's okay to lean on us and, and to, while you're feeling all these things, it's totally valid and totally normal. You're not the only one feeling it but it can kind of pull you away from this really cool journey that you're on. So please lean on us for some of this stuff and let us kind of take some of that from you um, while we also do our job. You know, we always want to, I always tell my team, you know, we need to be like ducks on the pond, right? Like you see these ducks swimming around so peacefully, but underneath the water, what are their little legs doing? They're just kicking a million miles an hour. We need to be the legs while our client is that nice, you know, peaceful duck on the water. So that's what we try to create for them. And that, at that first meeting with them, that's what we try to instill to them that, you know, we're going to try to keep it nice and even nice and level for them and kind of calm. And, and we'll take on most of the stress that we can anyway. I love that visual of the, of the duckling and the legs going, tell us about your team. Yeah. Uh, my team is called level up group uh, created the name of the team uh, because we, we truly want to take real estate to the next level. Um, not necessarily the business of real estate, but the service, the customer service aspect of real estate. Um, and so at this point, I have uh, two agents that work with me and I have an admin who I could not function without. And um, we have some office space. We are like a tight little family. I love these people like they are my own family. I care for them like they're my own family. Uh, I treat them like they're my own family. And I feel the stress of having to provide for two families as well um, in, in a couple different ways, but it's all good things. It's, it's good stress. Um, that kind of helps our team power forward. Yeah. Good group. So what's the day-to-day -day look like for the level up team? Day-to-day uh, -day, we get in the office um, pretty early, you know, between eight and eight 30 uh, we show up and we are, we are meeting, we're communicating for that first, maybe 20 to 30 minutes. And then we hit the ground running. We're, we're on the phones. Uh, we're prospecting. We're following up with people. We are trying to grow our business, um, following up with past clients, old clients, trying to find new clients. Um, you know, my admin is doing all the behind the scenes stuff so that we can focus on providing for our clients, um, not only finding new clients and providing for the clients we have under agreement, but figuring out how to continue to provide for the people that we've worked with over the years that had trusted us to work with them uh, even, you know, four or five years ago before I started the team. So you're calling old clients to check in with them, see how they're doing and maybe find out if there's a need for them or somebody that they know. Yeah. I mean, it's really just staying in touch with people and, and, and acting like you genuinely care because you should genuinely care. Right. Uh, I don't necessarily call them and want them to give me business. It would be nice if they do. Uh, but we, I really, care about what's going on with them. And sometimes we have valuable pieces of information, you know, let's say, you know, the rates get lowered a little bit and they haven't refinanced, we can call them and kind of walk them through that process. But a lot of times, you know, if we see something on social media, little Jimmy won a prize, we'll just call them to say, Hey, that's awesome. Congratulations. Little Jimmy won the spelling bee. That's awesome. That's great. We're really happy. And, you know, if there's anything we can do for you, 
outside of that, please let us know. But, you know, just want to let you know we saw that and it was it was a cool thing to see. And we're glad you guys are doing. Yeah. Well. Good job. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> we're in the beginning stages of 2022. I want to ask you um, what are what are some of the goals for the level up team? Yeah, our goals are always a little bit different uh, than other people's goals. Um, you know, we do have transaction goals and that's wonderful and that's great, but I don't care to do a bunch of transactions if I'm just leaving bodies in my wake as I'm, as I'm plowing through. So our goals really surround client care and creating valuable client experiences from front to back. And so what are the types of things that we can implement on the daily that are going to be not only value add to our clients, but also uh, memorable and something that they won't forget. Um, I don't think it's enough for real estate agents just to, you know, do the job that they got hired for and celebrate it. I think that we should be doing more and that's why I built this group. And so that's what we focus on. How can we continue to partner with people, um, local businesses, charities, people within the community, our client base that may have some, you know, business or something like that to continue to provide for our clients in, in this really valuable experience. And believe it or not, it's all kind of systematized. We have a system for that whole thing. Um, so how yeah. do you measure, how do you measure that? A lot of that is in how we get referred and how many people are showing up to client events. I mean, mm. when I first got started in the business, people told me you should throw events. And I said, okay, that's great. Um, and the first company I ever with, they did a great job of throwing some events and you could kind of piggyback onto some of that stuff. And I used to get really sad because I'd invite people to these really cool things like ice cream socials uh, and like five people would show up and I'd be like, man, this is, why don't people want to come get ice cream? Like, why? Like I invited a hundred people and five people showed up. And what I, what I realized is that I wasn't adding any value. <laughs> I wasn't adding any type of value to them. They can get ice cream anywhere. Right. And a free ice cream wasn't enough to move the needle. So what did I have to do? I had to create a community. I had to create something that was so cool that people would come to it. So now when we throw events, it's bizarre if everybody doesn't come. Really? Uh, we, yeah, we threw a, a, a boat event over the summer. We, we rented a boat and we had people from our client base come. Um, open bar, drinks, appetizers, music, the whole deal. It was really cool sunset type thing. And we, we were turning people away. We filled up, you know, I think we had 185 slots plus our team and family and stuff like that for like a total of 200. And we, we had to, we had to turn people away from coming to that. Uh, there was just so many people that wanted to come and that's, that's fairly normal. If we throw a, a happy hour and we invite, you know, 60 of our top type clients to come to that, it, it's not bizarre if throughout that two or three hours that we have it, that 45 people will come through to that event because we've created a community. They know each other. They, they see each other. Um, they're wearing our, our level up sweatshirts and our hats and our koozies and our sunglasses and stuff like that. We've created a cool little thing. So our measurement is in our client events and in the feedback that we get and the referrals that we get. Uh, that's how we measure how we're doing. Do you get a, a, a certain number of referrals from your past clients? So I told you the story of making all those for sale by owner yeah. calls and the expired listing calls. And man, that was like living on the edge. You know, like I, I had to do a certain amount of calls in order to make sure that I had enough 
food on the table every month. Um, and now our business has completely flip-flopped where we are probably about 80% referral at this point. Um, almost everything that we've done in 2022, uh, we listed six homes in January. Uh, we have another three or four that'll be coming to the market uh, in February. And I think we have six buyers under agreement. And I would say almost every single one of them is a referral or past client. Wow, that's awesome. And I was about to ask you about the 2022 and where we are in the scarcity in the marketplace. It sounds like you've got all the listings right now. I don't know that we have all of them, but we definitely got ourselves set up pretty well uh, in the fall to be ready for Q1. And you know, Q1 is so important for real estate agents. A, a lot of times they'll tell you, you know, you're going to do anywhere from, you know, five to to 25% of your business in the first quarter. And typically in New England, that is the slowest time of year. Right. And so you can either get off to a really fast start by doing a lot of work from August until December, uh, or you can take that time off, which happens in our industry. You know, you come off your summer vacation, then you work for a couple of weeks and then the holidays hit and then you eat turkey and hang out and that's all fine. That's all well and good, but we just made a decision this year that we were gonna put the pedal to the metal and try to work on things and tighten things up. And um, it, I think some of that's paying off now. How did you convince the clients to put their property on the market in January when historically they wouldn't want to do that because of the snow in New England and such? I think we've just built a lot of trust with people. You know, they just trust what we tell them to do. And we don't, we don't do anything for self-serving purposes. And I think a lot of our people that we work with kind of understand that, you know, one of the things I like to tell people is I would really like your business and I want to work with you, but I'm very lucky right now that I don't actually need it. I'm not so desperate for your business. I'm going to put you in a bad spot. I'll work with you in January. I'll work with you in August. You tell me what's going to work for you, but here's what's good and bad about potentially listing in January. And here's what's good and bad about potentially waiting to list in April or May or June. Um, and we just kind of let it be their decision. And a lot of times, you know, they don't feel that pressure and they say, you know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And so far it's worked out for everybody. Um, so far it's worked out for everybody. I don't know that we're going to go, you know, 10 for 10 all year long with, you know, everyone getting exactly what they want, but so far so good. Uh, and so we'll just keep, we'll keep on that model. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you this. Somebody is uh, either looking to make a career change or getting ready to finish up school and they're kicking around the idea of being a real estate agent. What do you say to them? Uh, I would say to them, if you're not prepared to go three to six months without a paycheck, you got to get a different job. Uh, I think HGTV has kind of glamorized, you know, or over glamorized what it means to be a real estate agent. Um, but the real nitty gritty of being in real estate is work. It's work. You have to show up every day. And you have to do the work and it, there has to be a reason greater than money. I mean, we all know that you can do fairly well in real estate, uh, whether you're lender, attorney, real estate agent, title company. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can do well, but you have to show up every single day and you have to go to work. I would also tell people to find yourself a good mentor and find yourself a good group of people that you can kind of lean into and learn from. And, and do what they're doing. Um, it's really hard. The, the route that I took, really hard. <laughs> Solo agent, I'm just going to lay it out all on their table and, and, and shoot my shot and see what happens. And I mean, you know, 
most people who get involved in this business, I think it's like seven out of 10, they flame out within the first 18 to 24 months of being in real estate. I've coached people and, and helped to train people who are no longer in the business. And that was the, that was the reason why they thought they were going to show up and people were going to drop bags of gold on their front doorstep um, just because they had on a flashy suit and they threw up a couple of real, you know, real estate, social media posts, and they were going to be driving a Ferrari. And that's just not, that's not the real life, you know, real estate road that people take. It's lots and lots and lots of work. Uh, so, so I would tell people, be prepared to go to work. Turn off the TV. Turn off the TV. Go shadow somebody for a couple of weeks in a real estate office before you. It's, real estate is the most expensive hobby on the planet, right? Like you can't, it's an expensive golf might be number two, and I'm guilty of both. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you're just going to not treat it as a business, you're going to pay fees and dues and marketing and all that sort of stuff. And you're going to end up, you know, negative. And that's a scary place to be for a lot of people who are just getting started. Where did you, where did you learn the work ethic? Again, I, you know, I think I, it just comes back to kind of how I grew up. I always just had to kind of provide for myself or felt like I did. And so, you know, when I got a job, I wanted to go be the best at my job. Uh, I remember working at McDonald's uh, in Hanson, Massachusetts, uh, when I was uh, a teenager. And uh, one of the best compliments I ever received was from one of the managers there who my, my foster mother came in to pick me up at night. And, you know, he, she was checking in on me. How's he doing? And the guy said, if I had three more like him, we'd be fine. And that kind of always stuck with me. And whether he asked me to make cheeseburgers or wash the floor at night or do French fries or make ice, whatever it was, I was going to do it because I just I wanted to be good at it. I wanted to succeed. Um, you know, now, I mean, I have a family. I have people who, who count on me. I have a wife, I have kids. And, you know, when it's a tough day or when it's, you know, hard out there and I don't want to get to work and I'm not feeling a hundred percent. I just think of my kids and I think of, you know, coming home to them and, and them saying, Hey, Hey daddy, why don't we have the things that we need? And me having to say, well, daddy didn't feel like going to work today. And that's a conversation I just can't have with my kids. Um, and I can't have that with my wife. So, you know, I work hard and I, I never claim to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, I'm far from it. Uh, but I will always show up. I will show up to go to work. I love it. I love it. So Corey, I know we don't all have a crystal ball, but you know, we're, we're here in that first quarter of 2022. What are you seeing for the next uh, balance of 22 and then on into 23 for the real estate market in your, in your New England area? Yeah, a crystal ball would be way easier to answer that question, I think. Um, I think we're going to see more of the same. You know, I think inventory is going to continue to be an issue. I think a lot of people have a ton of equity in their homes and they just don't ever think they're going to find a place as good as theirs and whatever that means. Uh, and so they're refinancing and doing projects that they maybe put on the back burner for a few years. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot of this same thing. Meanwhile, we have a lot of people in our area. I mean, specifically this Massachusetts area, just the median salaries and education and price ranges of homes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy and it's great, uh, but you just have a lot of people who can, who can afford homes. And so we're just going to continue to have a lot of buyers. And I think even if rates tick up a point or point or two, we're still going to have, you know, fairly historic low rates. Uh, I think, you know, people would talk to their parents who bought years and years ago with a 12, 12 and a half point rate. 
and they laugh when you say I'm really sad about four and a half percent, you know, they would have killed for that. So I, I think we're going to continue to have some of those issues. And I think, you know, for us specifically, and for anyone else, you know, real estate professional, it's going to mean a lot more to really dig into your own client base and, you know, build a, a raving fan base that trusts you because when something does come up, they're going to, they're going to want to pick from people that they know, like, and trust. And that has to be us, you know, for our client base. Anyway, we're, right. we don't want to lose clients because we didn't do the right things. Right. Right. What do you say to that client that comes to you and say, Corey, I'd love to sell my house. I would love to capture the top of the market, but where am I going to go? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. First of all, first of all, I would ask them where they want to go. What's, yeah. what's the dream? <laughs> Why? I mean, what, what, do you want to go just because it's trendy or do you need to downsize? Are you, do you, are you trying to get to Florida? Are you trying to get to Arizona? What are your options? What are you willing to do? Everyone has different situations. Some people are willing to sell their home and live temporarily for six months in a, an apartment or, you know, a, a tenant at will type situation. That situation is going to be a little bit different for somebody who needs to needs to be in a home because their kids need to start school in a certain school district at a certain time. It's going to look a lot different. So it really just comes down to what the individual client's need is. I don't think there's a blanket answer. I think our industry has done a really bad job of just coming up with blanket answers, right? Like, well, this is what you do. Exactly. Right. Well, everyone's different. <laughs> everyone's different. Some people have kids. Some people don't. Some people have dogs. Some people don't. Some people want to be in a condo. Some people, I mean, everything is so different. And you just don't know until you actually talk to somebody. So you have to find out what it is they're looking to do and how they're looking to do it and how they want to do it. And then give them two to three or four options and tell them all the good and the bad. It might not be a good time for them to sell. That's okay. It might not be okay for them to sell. Right. It, it just might not work for them. <laughs> they might be in a really bad situation where they, you know, hey, listen, you need all the equity you have in this home to purchase your next one. And you don't have enough money for any type of down payment. We, we can't do that right now unless you can come up with X, Y, and Z solutions. And if they can't do that right now, it, you know, we have to be honest with them, you know, and not be so desperate for a sale that we say, yeah, let's put it on the market. And we'll just see what happens. It'll be great. It'll be really, but it'll be awesome. We'll take care of you. Which I think that's a standard answer. A lot of times. Yeah. Trust me. I'll, we'll take care of it for you. I don't know. I'd want to know my options. I'd want to know if I'm going to get myself into a bad situation. So that's what we do. We just, we're very, very forthright with people about that. Um, and just try to learn what their story is, what their goals are and how we can assist them or not. And if people don't want to work with us because we were too honest, then we're okay with that. Yeah. We're totally okay with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, what I'm seeing is I'm, I'm seeing a true professional. I'm seeing the authenticity of everything coming, exuding out of you. But let me ask you this, you know, it's, it's January, you know, people that are down and out, you're fired up, you're getting going, you're making things happen. How are you doing it? I mean, my, I just have a big why. I mean, not only do I want to be the best that I can be. That sounds so corny, but that's really what it is. I, I want to be the best that I can be. But I, if I don't show up every day, how can I expect my team to show up every day? Right. And if they have families to provide for or things that they're trying to do, but I'm just sitting here like a bum, you know, not doing anything. How does that, how's that affect them? Right. So I have to be ready. I have to be fired up. I have to be ready to go um, lead by example. I'm learning every day how to continue to be a leader. I, I'm not very good at it. I'm learning every day how to be a leader. And I tell my team that, listen, I'm going to screw this thing up 10 different ways, but just bear with me because 
you know, I think we have a cool thing going here. And so, yeah, that's what we do. You know, like every day is a new day. There's lots of opportunity. I get sad. I get, it, things are hard. <laughs> Sometimes I have bad days and my team knows that my wife specifically knows that, you know, and I have good people that'll just tell me, Hey, you know, you need to, you need to kind of bone up here and, and get back to it. You know, uh, I mean, you know, this about me. I'm a man of faith. That's a big part of my, my life. And that's helpful. You know, um, at the end of the day, I know my value is not found in being a real estate agent. I know my value is in a higher place. That's my belief. And that's helpful because <laughs> it doesn't matter what real estate happens, what happens to me in real estate. I know what, I know where I'm at, um, in more than one different place. So that that's our story, man. Like we're just a positive group. Um, we love coming to work. We, we truly love what we do. It's not about money for us. Money is good. And we like it. It's helpful, helps us do a lot of different things, but I just, I truly love coming and affecting people's lives. Um, in a positive way. And that's, that's what we're trying to do literally every day. That's what we talk about in our team meetings. I love that. I love that so much. Now, let me ask you this. So buyer comes in, uh, sits down with you, decides they're going forward. You introduce them to the rest of your team, the team, the success team of finance and, and title or attorney. They go all the way through closing happens. Congratulations. They sit down and they want to write out a testimonial to the level up team. What's it sound like? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the same things that we've talked about, right? Like I want, people don't typically remember the transaction. They remember the experience they had during that transaction. So that review would reflect the experience that they had. And as I would be reading through that, I would see that um, we were honest with them uh, that they maybe were a little bit even unsure about using us, but they felt warm and welcomed by our group. Uh, they felt taken care of. Everything was buttoned up, even down to the, the checkbox items in a transaction, which there are so many of those. And they just felt like everything was seamless and easy and we took care of them and they felt like they were part of our family um, and that they would recommend us to anybody. And that's what we would hope any review says. In fact, that's what most of them say. Uh, and it's, it's really cool that when we get some of those reviews, that they do say the same thing because it means that what we're doing is is working. That's awesome. So you really bring them in. This is this is an experience. This is not a transaction where there's a commission at the end. This is a life purpose that happens to be compensated. Yeah, I mean, we tell people like we don't get paid without you, but we're not going to do anything at your expense um, to jeopardize. My business doesn't grow if I just go around screwing somebody because I wanted to get a paycheck or I wasn't honest with them about something and they find out about that. It just takes one bad review, one person to get all upset, to completely wipe out everything that you've worked on, specifically if it's true, right. you know? So we just, I would rather people choose not to work with us uh, because we were being too forthright than work with us and ask us to do stuff that we just know isn't going to work. Um, you know, and it's going to put us in a bad situation. Uh, we just truly don't believe in doing that. That's great. And it, and it sounds like it comes back to your faith. Where did you find your faith? I mean, when I was a little kid growing up, it's one of the, one of the only things I had, um, you know, my, my biological mom took me to church. Uh, my grandmother was hugely inf influential in that, um, church every Sunday, youth groups, trips, all that sort of things and eventually made that faith my own. 
Um, and now, you know, trying to do that same sort of thing for my kids and my family. It's not an easy journey. <laughs> I'm not a perfect person. I screw things up every day. Um, but it is something I can always come back to and um, know that I'm, I'm in good hands, you know, and that, you know, when you don't have a dad growing up, you find out where a father figure can be. And I was lucky enough to find a higher power father figure for myself, where some people find something that takes them down the wrong road uh, or a tough road or a bad road they don't come back from. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I didn't end up down that road. I, uh, I was taken care of. I was in good hands. And, you know, I, I'm thankful for that. Um, thankful for that, for sure. Because now I have my family, you know, five-year-old, three-year-old, my wife, um, you know, we live comfortably and, you know, we just, I love the hell out of those guys. And they're, they're literally the reason for everything that I do. They really are. It sounds like it, buddy. And I'm, I'm so, so happy for you that you. Thank you. Hey, so you mentioned, you mentioned golf. How long have you been playing? Um, Off and on for probably like six or seven years, really just like a lot of other people, you know, through the pandemic had to find something to do that was outside. Uh, and so really kind of got focused on golf, maybe, you know, two, three years ago. Yeah. Tell me about that journey and compare it to the real estate journey. It's exactly the same. It is the most frustrating, rewarding thing that I've ever done. And that somehow I keep coming back to it and spending all my money on it. And sometimes I see results. So like in my golf game, I had to learn tempo and pace and, and technical things so that I can enjoy the round of golf. You know, like if you're not playing golf very well, having a bad round, it's, you can have a little bit of fun, but it's more fun when you're playing right. And when you're not thinking about it and you've worked on all the small technical things, you can really enjoy the ride. You can enjoy the round of golf and it makes you want to continue to play golf. And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It just means that you're better than you were the day before or the year before. And real estate is exactly the same. When I first got started, I had to learn technical skills. I had to learn some things that were difficult. And I worked on those things pretty consistently. Not every day. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, I'm seven days in the office, you know, 24, seven, seven days a week, 365. That's just not true. But just consistently coming in and working on my, my skills and my craft. And now I can enjoy the ride a little bit more. Like I really enjoy coming to work every day because I don't need to think about it as much as I did before. Everything is more natural. I kind of a little bit more confident and um, I can provide more value because I know some more stuff. Um, And, you know, again, frustrating at times can be wildly frustrating at times, both golf and real estate. But at the end of the day, it's like when you're on the last hole, you've had a tough round and you just hit that beautiful shot, right? And you birdie the last hole. And you say, everyone says it, this, that's the shot that's going to keep me coming back for more. It's like at the end of the day, when I talk to some client and I just have a good conversation with them and I'm like, man, this, this is what it's all about. And that can recharge my batteries and keep me coming back uh, for my next day at work. I love that analogy. I really do. And I can see it so very vividly. Hey, so one of the things, you know, we talk about, and I appreciate you coming on this podcast because you know, it's different. It expands that comfort zone, right? Some people hesitate to do certain things. And one of those things that a lot of people hesitate to do is pick up the phone, right? Some people mm. say that it's the, what's the heaviest piece of equipment in your office? The copier? No. Yeah. Nope. No. It's the phone. <laughs> 
And you've totally figured that out. You've broken that comfort zone wide open. But one of the things we really enjoy here, and we're going to hopefully get everybody together who has been a guest on this podcast, have a networking event and share stories and experiences because it's a lot of like-minded people. Um, but one of those things is the comfort zone expansion of karaoke. So Corey Morris, you're up next on the stage. What are you singing? I am going to sing a temptation song. Nice. I would be singing ain't too proud, ain't too proud to beg. Uh, that that is my jam. I, I actually love karaoke, so I would be looking forward to that party. <laughs> Good. Tell yes. me about it. So you, yeah. you get out there and karaoke? I do. I I, li I like I like karaoke. I actually I sing at my church uh, every oh, once in a cool. while, so I I enjoy it. Uh, the karaoke thing is really fun. I did it for my birthday. Few, my my wife surprised me with like a karaoke party for my my birthday and it's just fun man like you just you relax it's fun you're not out there to judge anybody you're just there to just sing along and have fun and people are usually smiling and even if people who are really reserved and shy eventually maybe with even a little bit of uh liquid encouragement they they eventually will get up there and kind of take part and it's just a really cool community thing to do so i would do dead sober karaoke that's that's how much i enjoy it oh i love it i love it and i love how you you know you you bring it to that community because that's really what it is everybody's there supporting one another it's typically not about how good you sing although if you're singing at your church you must be pretty good <laughs> no uh, no and it's that stage presence it's that support go singing along with you so maybe 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 it's a client event maybe yeah, it's that a would level be up client event that would be very cool. Yeah, make that's, sure, make sure put that I, on the books. Make sure I get an invite, all right? Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. It. Corey, the most important question of them all, if there's a buyer, if there's a seller, or a prospective real estate agent who wants to bend your ear, mm. what is the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way to get in touch with us is typically direct cell phone, uh, phone call, text message, my direct cell phone. 508-933-1951. You can text me, call me um, anytime, really. If it's after seven o'clock, I'm typically with my kids, but I'll see you in the morning. Uh, or if you really want to, you can you can email me to Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, uh, at levelupgrp.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, a um, few different places that, that you can find us. But you know, cell phone is typically the easiest place to find us. And folks, we'll put those links down below. So in the social platforms, it's Level Up Group for the most part, your handles? Yes. Yep. For the most part, I can send them to you. Awesome. So we'll put those in the, in the show notes below so you can get with Corey, get to know him a little bit better. But hopefully, folks, you really got to know this guy and, and he's a solid, solid human being. Corey, thank you so much for joining the show. Mark, I appreciate the chance to you know chat with you and catch up and uh come on your podcast here. I've listened to a few episodes and honored to be a guest. I love it. And thank you for sharing your story, my friend. Absolutely. Hope it uh, is helpful for somebody. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks.
Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.